Welcome to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast with your host, Jim Robinson. Hi, welcome to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Robinson. I'll be hosting the our very first and all of our Rob Seco Field Ready Podcasts. As we get going into this, we have a very special first guest. In fact, he's somebody I know quite well. Uh, I'll go ahead and let him introduce yourself. Go ahead and tell me who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, I'm uh, Rob Robinson. And, uh, and uh, well, a big part of starting uh, Rob Seco back in 2013, I'm the CEO, but uh, Jim, as you know, I'm also your father. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we, are, we are a family-owned organization. We are a family-owned company. We happen to know each other quite well. <laughs> so, starting RAPSICO back in 2013, there's a little bit more history that goes into the company than that. Can you tell us a little bit about that history? Well, actually, uh, my great-grandfather, your great-great-grandfather, started a company called the J.C. Robinson Seed Company in 1886. And uh, he did that because his cousins had moved out from New York and started a seed company uh, a few years earlier, and he thought it was a great idea. And uh, so, you know, the company really dates back to that date. Now, the name Rob Seco, interestingly enough, actually dates back to the early 1930s uh, when J.C. Robinson decided to start uh, introducing hybrid corn. And uh, the first name he used, uh, the trade name he used, was Rob Seco. And so there's a discussion between uh, uh, Ed Robinson, my father, your grandfather, and I about the origin of the name. He says that it was just made up, kind of a, a short version <laughs> of J.C. Robinson Seed Company. I had heard for that it actually was our telex name you know back then you couldn't call overseas and we were yet we were we were sending seas and trading overseas and rob seco was uh, our telex name but he's 95 he's uh, he's uh, he gets to, to to make the decision as to the real origin of the name so i guess it just <laughs> came up as an abbreviation so rob seco was out of the picture for a couple of years 2004 to about 2013 why start Rob Seco when there are so many different seed companies out there? Well, in 2013, a couple things were apparent. Number one, talking to producers, there were a group of producers that really were no longer enjoying their seed buying experience. Not just enjoying it, but not getting any satisfaction out of it. It was actually a painful experience for them. And uh, it appeared to us that, you know, the multinationals just have difficulty in uh, in having a good you know good customer intimacy and uh, that kind of relationship so you know there were so many uh, good regional companies in this business and then in around 2005 or 6 they all decided to sell and it wasn't that uh, producers left regional companies it was fundamentally that regional companies left producers so it looked to us like there was a, a you know a great opportunity to improve that buying experience for so many people, and I think on the other side of it, it um, it, it was apparent that there was a set of technology, the AgriSure traits, we feel are the best in the business. They are superb traits that were underrepresented in the marketplace, and so this was an opportunity to represent the best traits in the business. Uh, to a lot of people who had not, not, not even heard about these trades. And uh, so that's yeah, been very successful uh, uh, trying to, to uh, fill both of those gaps. 
So you said back in the 2005-2006 time period, there were a lot of regional seed companies that left the business, not necessarily because customers dislike doing business with them, but because of traits and germplasm in the marketplace, the way the industry horizon looked at the time. Now, what is it about those independent seed companies, those regional seed companies that uh, growers like so much? And, and I think actually this tie, might tie to one of Rapsico's three pillars. Well, yes. I mean, uh, they they like the, you know that uh, that regional seed companies are friendly, uh, nimble, responsive. You know, they have long term relationships um, with the people involved in regional seed companies. There isn't this revolving door policy where people are moving and changing positions all the time, which is so typical in the uh, publicly traded companies. So, I, I think that's a big part of what they miss about their seed buying experience. So. You're right, Jim. I mean, when we started Rob Seco, we we started the three pillars. And the three pillars are really what we use to, to make all of our decisions. So the first one is we call technology. And that's all about having the best uh, germplasm, the best traits available in industry. And, and then tied to that is what we call field ready, which is all about training our sales force so they, they understand where to place products what our traits will and will not do, and how best to utilize those products to, to maximize performance. So then the second pillar is all about simplicity. And, it, you know, things have become so so complicated. And so much of it is because people tend to set up programs to, to modify buying behavior. And so you have to jump through all these hoops to get a price. It's, and it's a long, arduous process just to negotiate a price. And not very transparent. It, it seemed to us that so many people told us that, so many producers told us, that they would start at $350 for a unit uh, of seed, and then somehow mysteriously it would come down to $280 or $290, and they had no idea why, and they had a discomfort that they were really getting, you know, a good value and a, and a good deal, you know, as good a deal as their neighbor. So, you know, we decided transparency was really, and simplicity were really important. So we just have one nice moderate price, not a lot of price negotiation, and that allows us to spend most of our time on placing the products where they'll perform best. And then the last pillar is relationships. And uh, that's always been a cornerstone in the seed industry. I mean, a trusting relationship between uh, the seed uh, seller and producer has always been important, particularly in corn, where one bad recommendation can make a huge difference to uh, to a producer's bottom line. I mean, producers have had those experiences before with poor hybrids and the impact on their bottom line. And so they build these trusting relationships with well-educated, uh, honest uh, seed sellers. And that's a, that's a foundation. So uh, you know, we what we bring is the same person year after year who knows your fields, who knows your area, can make the right recommendation, won't just be driven by what happens to be in excess inventory back in the, the warehouse, but it's driven by what product will do best for, uh, uh, for that producer. So what is it that drove the independent seed companies to sell to the larger companies such as Monsanto? Well, I think it was a, it was two things. Honestly, I think there was a there was a lot of fear on the part of regional companies that they would be granted access to traits and to some degree germplasm, 
and uh, they felt that uh, and had and you know there were rumors and reports that Monsanto in particular would only choose a few companies to grant access to these traits in germplasm too, and so. Then at the same time, Monsanto and also others, I mean, Pioneer and Dow, were making uh, offers that, uh, you know, were, were very competitive in terms of to purchase companies. And so companies just decided rather than face, um, you know, this risk that they would be better off selling out. And virtually everybody did. So you talk about what makes us different than other seed companies out there. One thing I can think of is our product evaluation lead team that helps really helps with that relationship and technology portion. Can you tell us a little bit about what you were thinking when you got that program started with Wayne and the team there? Well, we thought there was uh, you know a need for a focus on product training so that our sales team would know exactly where to recommend a particular trait and a particular hybrid or variety. Uh, you know, it's complicated today. the The choices, aren't as apparent and uh, there are differences in pricing, differences in efficacy, all of those things that need to be taken into account when a recommendation is made. So our product evaluation leads, we call them PELs, are really focused regionally on training our sales force as far as where to place products, what they will and won't do, and the same with our traits. What, uh, what will our traits do? What won't they do? What's the best recommendation for the use of those traits? And like I said, it's a more complicated world today, but we felt a real focus on that was important to be able to deliver uh, the relationship and the technology side of our pillar uh, in terms of really knowing a lot about our products and making the right relationship, or right uh, recommendation so we can maintain uh, those trusting relationships. Now, those PELs do a lot of work with our DSRs, our district sales reps in terms of field ready in the field and everything along those lines. We're looking to bring that more to the grower with this podcast. Can you tell us what kinds of activities the PELs do with the DSRs to get them field ready? Yeah, that's a good uh, good question. I mean, field ready, we do three training programs through the course of the year. We do one just after planting to take a look at stand establishment and those issues that take place during the planting during planning and stand, stand establishment time, we look at the various hybrids and, and how they're rated for emergence and uh, stand establishment and how did they perform this year. Uh, then we do a, uh, a second meeting that's uh, just after tasseling, and it's another training session where we talk about all the uh, issues that can take place uh, up through tasseling, uh, green snap, disease, uh, poor pollination, and we also take a second look at our hybrids. We look at our new hybrids along with it to see how they're performing. And, uh, and then, obviously, after we're, we train our DSRs, our expectation is they will then train our, our BAs on, on products as well. Then the third, uh, uh, third training program is um, just prior to harvest. Obviously, an important time to look at products. How, you know, are they, uh, do they have good stay green? How they perform through the summer? What does ear development look like? Um, disease tolerance, um, you know, a whole host of things just prior to, um, uh, you know, prior to harvest. And we do the same thing there. The PELs train the DSRs and the DSRs then train the BAs. And then the BAs take that information out to, uh, to customers. Then we have a fourth uh, event or, that we um, uh, include in Field Ready, and that's uh, agronomy training meetings that we have the end of January and into February. 
and again, it's uh, it's creating that base of knowledge and information to, so our, our sales force really knows our products and, and where and how to recommend them. Now, so much of where our customers, where the growers interact with Throb Seco at is with our, as you said, BAs. Could you define BAs for us and tell us about, about how we decided to call them BAs? Well, BAs are in... Most companies have what they call dealers. We felt that we needed a more professional approach to the business. So we call our commissioned representatives in the field business associates. And we work very hard with them to to help them become very professional in terms of their approach to the business, their knowledge about the product. And that's that's why we decided it would be better to to give them a different title than dealer. So with this podcast being the Field Ready Podcast, what do you think this podcast can do for a grower? Well, I think the embodiment of Field Ready is all around creating that trusted relationship where people work with RBAs, uh, producers work with other RBAs, and they can depend on RBAs for information and the appropriate recommendation around our product to help them maximize their results with with Rob Seco products. And uh, that's really what it's all about. You know, knowledge is such a large part part of this game, and that's why we focus through Field Ready so much time and effort on training our sales force. You know, Jim, when I think back about starting Rob Seco in 2013, the most rewarding part about it has been the faith that people have placed in in Rob Seco products and and uh, our DSRs and our, our BAs, our local representatives. Um, it's It's been amazing. We are now the fastest growing company in the seed industry today. And, uh, and that's simply because people have placed faith in us. And uh, we truly appreciate appreciate that. And we take that very seriously. I mean, our reputation, our name's on the line, and it's important to us that uh, that we reward that faith with great performance and, uh, and a commitment, a strong commitment to, to help uh, our customers and their bottom line. As you heard from Rob, choice is extremely important to a farmer. And that's why independent, with independence comes choice. Bringing the best technology to growers in a simplified and personal approach, Rob Seco is helping to bring a different perspective to growers. Rob Seco is the fastest growing seed company, and that really says something. So we thought we'd shared our expertise with this podcast. And that's why we really wanted to bring Field Ready from our own internal program out to the growers. And so what is Field Ready really? We've we've had Field Ready around for a couple of years now. We've used Field Ready as a training mechanism to train both our internal salespeople and our business associates who are our dealers in the field about products, about agronomy, and about the ways that the environment can impact how a specific product performs. So we wanted to be able to take that down to the grower level and introduce the growers to a lot of these agronomic topics, a lot of the product topics that may be influential in how products perform on your farm. That's why we look at things such as disease tolerance, wet feet tolerance, uh, when to harvest, if you need to harvest early versus you can hold, being able to hold off on specific products. Those sorts of things are all the things that are important in our Field Ready series. So why are we turning Field Ready into a podcast? Well, that's a really great question because in podcasts, we have the opportunity to reach a larger group of growers and then to bring in participation from the growers themselves, from maybe people that we work with, some of our suppliers, some of our own employees even, about what they may see in the field, what we may need to consider, and what important aspects of the seed business we need to talk about. 
Growers have to make decisions throughout the entire year, not just planting or harvest time. That's why we're going to release the Field Ready podcast the 1st and 15th of every month. If you have any topics you'd like us to cover, email your ideas to fieldready at robseco.com. Find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Use at robseco. We're doing this podcast because at Rapsico, we really want to bring a new perspective on how to do things and how to get our message across to growers. At Rapsico, we really want to bring a new perspective of how to do things and how to consider products. So that's why we're bringing all the information we can as far as product goes, product interaction with the ge- different geographies and environments, as well as different insights into the industry. What does it look like from our product advancement standpoint? What does it look like from how do we make our decisions on what products to bring forward? And what do we do to try to help our growers get everything they can out of a bag of seed? So as you heard from my dad earlier, simplicity is one of the pillars on which we base our business. That's why we try to be as transparent as we can around pricing and the way we do business with our customers. I'd like to thank Rob for joining us on our very first Rob Seco Field Ready podcast. Remember to join us on the 1st and 15th of each month for new episodes. Until next time, stay field ready. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. Join us next time to be field ready. A Parkville Media Production.